He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with, uh, with someone who knows racing. He knows NASCAR inside and out. And if you don't believe me, get his book. It is just absolutely a must. Swerve or die. Life at my speed in the first family of NASCAR racing. And uh, and Kyle Petty is the only person who could write this book. And you know him as a uh, commentator on NBC Sports and, and also former American stock car racer. And he's the, uh, the grandson and, and son and then father of uh, of NASCAR uh, legends. Uh, absolutely thrilled to have Kyle Petty here with us. Get the book. Kyle, how are you? Doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing terrific. And uh, you have to... Uh, you have to feel privileged to have have seen the sport grow the way it is. You had a front row. Uh, you're you're a participant in the history, but what a history NASCAR has had! And it seems like uh, I don't know. To me, it, it, from looking outside in, it seems like you got a, a front row ticket for this. Yeah, for sure, man. And and it's funny. I was just talking last night. Jeff um, Burton and, and Steve Letart, uh, a couple of my colleagues at, at NBC Sports, and and Jeff said, you know, he said, you not you you didn't only grow up with Richard Petty, you grew up with David Pearson and and Kel Yarborough and Buddy Baker and those guys, and I'm like, yeah, and and because I was a kid, I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old, I went to the racetrack with my dad uh, back in the late '60s and the and the '70s, and uh, then I was fortunate enough to race with him, and then you know, I, like I, we were talking last night, I, I raced against Earnhardt, I was there when Earnhardt and Rusty and Mark Martin came along, and then all of a sudden, Jeff Burton comes along, and his brother, and Jeff Gordon comes along, and then Jimmy Johnson comes along, and Tony Stewart, and and it's like you look back on it, and you've been in the sport, you know, for for forty, fifty years it feels like, and and you know you, you still feel like a young guy, but you've been around for so long, so it, it, very, very blessed to, to watch the sport change, to see the sport change. Um, to watch how TV has changed the sport, to watch how sponsorship has changed the sport, uh, but to watch the fans, the fan base continue to grow and, and uh, you know, this sport get passed on from one generation to the next. That's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I always, and you, you mentioned being seven years old and being around all of these folks, I, I always liken you to, like, Ken Griffey Jr., right? You, you're, uh, you're out there, and, you know, he was... You know, hanging out with the guys during batting practice and and meeting the other teams and meeting the other the other players and then his dad's teammates and everything else and and then he just goes on and and he lives it. I mean, can you imagine your life doing anything else other than NASCAR? And I know you do you do a lot of motivational speaking and you're a philanthropist, you're a musician, you do a lot of things. I, I, how empty would your life be without this sport in there? You know what? This, this sport has afforded me the opportunity to do all that other stuff. Um, I and and listen, I would. It, they'd probably have to lock me up somewhere because I go crazy if I couldn't do the things that I've been fortunate and blessed enough to do. Um, because it, it, it really it has given me an opportunity to see the country, to meet some great people, uh, to do some crazy, interesting things. Uh, and 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 it's like you're right. It's like Ken Griffey Jr. It, it's you just were around those people and you were learning from people. You didn't even know you were learning about baseball. You know, he, I'm sure he didn't even know he was learning little tidbits, picking them up here and there about 
about the sport from other people other than his father. And that's kind of the way I was. I, I didn't realize I was learning from Bobby Allison and Bobby Isaac and, and Kale Yarbrough and guys like that. And and you just watched them race and watched what they did. Uh, and, and one day you wake up and, and it's like, man, this is... I, I remember this. I remember Kale saying this. I remember, you know, David Pearson saying this. And um, I, I can't imagine not having that piece of my life uh, to look back on uh, because it is it, those were all special moments. Kyle, give us something that was difficult to write about and, and maybe you even underestimated how either sad or, or difficult uh, it would have been to, to tackle in the book. Uh, anything stand out to you? Yeah, there, there's, you know, obviously um, my oldest son, Adam, was killed in a racing accident yeah. in New Hampshire in 2000. Um, and, and I really, I, that was, you know, I think I think after a certain amount of time, you think you've, you've dealt with every aspect of it and you felt you've, you've dealt with, with all of it and you've put it away and it's okay, you can go on. And um, my uncle Randy, um, he was five years older than me. He was killed in, in 74 in Talladega. Uh, in, a, in a pit road accident, he and I were working together, and, and he was he was killed. Uh, and and I, you know, I don't think I, looking back when I started writing this book, I don't think I had ever even dealt with that. Um, and and that, those two moments were hard uh, to walk back down, but to walk back down that hallway and open up that door and look in that room where where I'd put that at some place in my head, um, it was it was a lot more emotional. Uh, it was a lot harder to write about. It was a lot harder to talk about. And then when I did the audio book, uh, man, it was incredibly hard to read it, uh, to see it on a, on, a, on a page and then read it out loud. It was you were speaking it and it, and it was just hard. Um, and and I, I don't know, I, I can't even explain it to somebody how it makes you feel uh, if you've never, never done that before. But it was, that was the most painful part. Uh, that was the most painful part. And then that's why there's so, I, I, you know, I, there might be a dark story in there, but then you try to come back with a lighthearted story because I couldn't stay in that dark place long. You had to, you had to come away. And, uh, you know, you, the, the depression, the things that you go through in life, uh, after moments like that, it's uh, you've got to have those bright spots to look forward to. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, our hearts go out to you as parents, uh, for sure. Uh, as as a co-writer to this with uh, with Ellis uh, Hennigan, who's uh, just a legendary writer. Uh, what was it like? Yeah. I mean, did you? Ellis is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I have to tell you, man, it, it was it was funny. I had this. I started writing, um, and and. <laughs> My wife said, "How do you, you? You're not much on spelling, and I don't see any punctuation." And I said, "Okay, so we need to find somebody." So we found Ellis, uh, and Ellis just put it all together. Ellis just put it all together. Uh, Henneken, he Ellis Henneken, uh look him up, man. He, he is just an incredible writer. He's written some great books, but but he pulled me out of of all these places. I mean, he's a Pulitzer Prize winner, I think, if I'm remembering right. I mean, oh yeah, the guy is the guy's an amazing. He's a legend. Uh, the two of you getting together, it's it's a must. I've ordered mine. Everyone's got to order. Swerve or die. Life at my speed in the first family of NASCAR racing. Uh, give us something else that you want to leave us with before we uh, we let you go, and definitely before you go, if you have any kind of social media sites or websites that uh, we could follow along with what you're doing, what what's going on with the book um but but if you can just uh leave, leave us with something yes listen if you if you want to know um i just just 
popped up a website, uh, kylepetty.com, and that, that, that'll that tell you guys where I'm going to be signing Swerve or Die, where I'll be on tour uh, doing doing my book tour and doing some of that stuff, uh, where the races I'll be at uh, to come there. But uh, I, I'm going to say this. In the book, I write about a, a charity that we have. It's the Kyle Petty Charity Ride Across America. It's a motorcycle ride. And uh, our Victory Junction Camp, which is a camp for children with, with serious medical needs and serious medical conditions. And, and the ride is KylePettyCharityRide.com, and the camp is VictoryJunction.org. And if you want to know more about those two charities that are near and dear to my heart, please, please go to those websites, read it, uh, and, and make a donation or say a prayer, and because we'll take all the prayers we can. So thank you guys for, for giving me that opportunity to talk about that. Kyle Petty, thank you very much for being here. Congratulations on everything. Thank you, man. Take care. Kyle Petty, everyone. Uh, Swerve or die. Life at my speed in the first family of NASCAR racing. Of course, Richard Petty and and um, Adam Petty, who was his uh, uh, his son killed in in 2000. And I, I look at it. I don't care how long ago it is uh, to lose a son. In <clears throat> in any way, uh, you know, parents should never have to bury a child. And we all know that, but, uh, you know, Kyle Petty has experienced all of this. And, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, when you write about it and you talk about it, it, it's different. And, you know, like he says, he, um, uh, you know, when uh, when he had to read it on the page, uh, you know, I got to, you know, I got to figure that was, um, uh, that was an emotional time for him. And uh, look. Uh, you know, I, I, to to tell you that I'm a, a NASCAR expert or or even a uh, avid follower, I'd be lying. But uh, you know, you got to respect what the sport has become, and uh, and the people that are involved in it. I mean, it's 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 fast, it's dangerous, it's it's everything. Swerve or die uh, says it all. Life. At my speed in the first family of NASCAR racing is the full title. Kyle Petty with Ellis Hennigan, and what a yeah, what a what a person to tell the story of of NASCAR. You know, like I said, you know, maybe a you know guy like Ken Griffey Jr., whose father was there, or you know Aaron Boone, right, the the manager of the Yankees. His father was Bob Boone. Uh, you know, played for the Royals. He was a catcher, and uh, and then you know, of course, Ray Boone was his uh, grandfather. Or the Bells. You know, you think of people like that: uh, Buddy Bell, Gus Bell, and um, it was David Bell. I think was the son. Uh, you know, these these families that that have these legacies that go through. And Kyle Petty, right in the middle of uh, of a legacy. Swerve or die, life at my speed in the first family of NASCAR racing is the full title. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a terrific actor, Richard Kind. You know his work from so many things. Uh, Mad About You, Spin City, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Argo. And he gets a tremendous amount of work for, for one good reason. He is great at what he does. The Social Ones is his latest, and we're here to talk about that. Richard Kind, how are you? 
I'm very well. In fact, I'm thrilled to say I'm very well. Now, listen, it's uh, it, you look at your resume, you look at your IMDb, and it is littered with just great uh, material there. You've been at this a long time, and uh, I look, I, I mean, you, you, we run into a pandemic here, and I, I imagine it slows down for a lot of people, but you do a lot of voiceovers, so I imagine you're still working. Uh, sad as much. Um, I, I'm lucky enough to, you, you know, look, you look at my IMDb page, you see a lot of great stuff, you see a lot of not-so-great stuff. That's the life of an actor. And uh, yes, I do do a lot of voice work, but, um, you know, it only takes an hour to do voice work, sometimes 15 minutes, it matters how much I have. I'm lucky that I get, you know, the Pixar movies, uh, 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 Inside Out, which is such a wonderful movie. But um, I, I miss being on camera, and I really miss being on stage, and I'm going to really miss being on stage because I don't think we'll be back for another six to eight months. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah, you did a you did a run with the the big knife on Broadway, and you got all kinds of accolades and uh, nominations and awards. Yeah, and, yeah just uh, just terrific work there. Uh, let's talk about the social ones. Uh, what what can you tell us about it? I know you got a great cast around you. Yeah, it, they're great. Even a lot of the people who you've never heard of are so good in the movie. This is a movie that was not made for me. In fact, all the words that I say in the movie, I don't necessarily understand. It's about uh, the Internet. It's about social media. And I am uh, I enjoy social media. I think it's a little bit gotten out of hand. However, it's, it's very funny, uh, this particular movie, because it makes fun of what I actually dislike about social media and the influencers and how much power they have. And my character's name is the the architect, and I'm sort of like the Bill Gates of the internet, mm. with a little bit of Howard Hughes thrown in because I'm a recluse now. But in the '70s, I invented it all, and now I've been left in the dust. And one of the young influencers comes to interview me, and I just keep babbling, and that's that's what I do in the movie. Uh, but it follows those five people and what they've done, uh, or, or what they hope to do, and. It's very funny. It makes fun of them. It makes fun of the whole thing. And can you believe President Trump had to issue some sort of proclamation against it because uh, uh, Twitter or whatever it was uh, uh, put some restrictions on what he was saying? <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. But my nickname for my kids is tech support because they're all teenagers. They know all about this stuff. So if I need help, I just go to them. Hey, I'm the same way. We always say, when in doubt, go to the kid, and they'll figure it out. Go it's to the kid. Yeah, it's the, it's the ABCs to them. We learned our ABCs so quickly at a young age. They learned uh, the Internet at a young age. Yeah, I remember in the 90s when it was coming up and I was trying to figure out what was going on. I'm 53, so it's not like I'm I, I'm real old and it's not like I'm I'm a kid. But in the 90s, there were there were pages up that said, welcome to the CB radio of the 90s. And uh, well, it didn't turn out to right. be that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's more than a fair. How about me? When I, when I was in high school, when I was in high school, uh, our computer was called Fortran. And they had uh, ones and zeros as the uh, language. I did, I hated it then. And, wow. of course, the wow. meek have inherited the earth, and that's who's running the Internet, the meek. And yeah. that, that's who they are. Forgive me, all of those who are not meek. But uh, <laughs> that's who they are. Well, they hide behind their screen. 
Well, let me point out one thing, though. And, and again, this is from a non-actor's standpoint, and it's, you know, the outside looking in. But years ago, I mean, there were three networks. So it, it, it would be logical to say there was a lot less work then, uh, probably much better paying work. But now you got all these over-the-top uh you know, avenues and outlets. You got Amazon and you got Hulu and you got Netflix and there's 500 stations. I, I would imagine that there's a lot more work. And and again, I'm not saying it's high quality. It's not Shakespeare, you know, whatever. But there seems like there's a lot more work because of all the outlets. There and, is a lot of work. Yeah. yeah you, you know, somebody can make a movie like this uh, that is uh, not a lot of money and it's very good, and now it has an outlet. And I'm always there for people who want to pour their sweat and their heart into something that they've written, and you pray, knock wood, it's good. And why not? They ask me to do a role. I come in for two days, three days. I do the role, and they get to get make their movie. And, okay, I'm, I'm not that famous, but I'm a bit of a name. So... It gets to sell. It gets a little bit more attention. Or maybe, because I think I'm a good actor, uh, somebody good gets to play the role. I'm, I say this with all humility, but if they ask me to do it, I'll help out. And I like to act, so it's all fun. Uh, and unfortunately, any idiot can make a movie nowadays. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's what happens. And it goes up on, on all of these video on demand. But quite often they're they're really good and they might never have been made because let's face it we're in a it's commerce we want to make money from a movie from a movie you want to make art you want to make it great but we all want to make money and some people know how to do it and make it great at the same time. Listen, you're very you're very modest too. You're a terrific actor, and fans and your peers appreciate you as well. Uh, let me ask you real quick about the uh, the younger folks that you're working with, and you know you mentioned about uh, you know our kids knowing uh, technology. It's a different generation, but what about the young? actors that you're coming up with uh, now and, and you're working with. And I don't mean to be specific or, or you know, question any of that. But how no, do I can answer it. Go ahead. Um, a lot of, the, a lot of this, these things, one reason why the Internet is not my favorite is because they want to make a quick buck. They're, they're capitalizing on their youth. And it's, I, I, I have a little bit of disdain for that. But these kids are acting and trying to be better actors. And I just tell them, I say, go to theater because you want a career. You don't want to be a flash in the pan. And in a lot of these movies that I'm getting to do or these uh, TV shows, they are trying to be as good as they possibly can. Uh, granted, they want to be stars young, but the road is often more fun. The journey is more fun than where you end up. So take the road, become good, and then become a star. Well, listen, congratulations on everything. You've put together an incredible career. It's still going strong, and you've, you've got so many great uh, great roles behind you and ahead of you. Richard Kind, uh, give us a website or a social media site. I know you hate social media, but uh, give us something where people could follow along with what you're doing. For me? Yeah. I don't know. Go go on Twitter. I mean, I'm on Instagram and face, Facebook, but I don't really 
put in any, uh, I just, I, I, you know, on Twitter is right. what I can do. And I don't know. Go find me. You'll be able to find me. All I'm right. easy. I, hey, thanks a million for being here, Richard, and good luck with everything, and stay safe. Thank you. You stay safe, stay healthy. Richard Kind, everyone, has been our very special guest. The Social Ones is his latest it's a movie. Everyone check it out. It sounds terrific. He's got a great cast around him, and some of uh, his co-stars have been on this uh, on the show. But you know Richard's work for a, a million things. I'm mad about you, Spin City, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, Cousin Andy, he's uh, absolutely uh, terrific. But Broadway, he's done a lot of stage work. The Big Knife, he got so many uh, accolades from, uh, and, and for good reason. He is an absolutely terrific actor, and you've seen him in a million things. And if you uh, if you look at his IMDb, it's impressive. He's very modest, saying there's a lot of uh, fluff there or whatever. It's it's good. He's he's got a lot of great work behind him and ahead of him. Thrilled to have him here for a little while. And again, the social ones is worth watching just because he's in it. But Mary Jo Rupp is uh, is in it. Allegra Edwards is in it. We just had her recently. And uh, again, check him out. I I, I could say guilt free at this point that you should be binge-watching and binge-listening to things and try to stay out of, the, uh, out of the, the mainstream, stay out of crowds. But check out Richard Kind and anything you could see him in. He is a wonderful actor. He's very talented, and he's been around a long time. Richard Kind has been our very special guest, Frank McKay, signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, Robert Massimi is our very special guest, and he is the chief drama critic for Metropolitan Magazine and uh, and uh, it, so many others. Nimbus, I, I believe. Is it Nimbus, Rob? Nimbus, yeah, New York Lifestyles Magazine. And New York Lifestyles. And uh, he is, uh, he's so well-respected in the field and uh, his, uh, his, his field is drama and theater. And uh, who better to talk to than Robert Massimi? Robert, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks, Frank. Well, the... The big question I think, you know, so many people have is uh, how is Broadway, how is theater bouncing back off of uh, a, a hiatus uh, from uh, from COVID and everything else that went on? And I think a lot of people uh, were concerned. It has it kept a lot of people away? Uh, what's the status of Broadway? Well, Broadway has, you know, depending on the week. And depending on the show, sometimes shows uh, will close down for a few days because uh, of COVID scares. Uh, some of the cast members will have COVID and they'll close down. But for the most part, um, you know, theater has come back. Um, it's it's pretty strong. Um, it's tourism's coming back again. I, I read uh, the other day that uh, 300,000 uh, tourists are visiting New York uh, every day. Uh, down from 365,000. So New York has come back. It's a resilient city. Um, and, uh, you know, theater has come back. Uh, there's some great shows uh, now on Broadway. Uh, the fall season's about to start, uh, starting in September into October. So I'm excited about some of the shows coming out. Yo, what What is new uh, coming out? What's, uh, what's the hot show that's coming out? Yeah, I think Leopold's stat at the Long Acre Theater is going to be uh, really good. Uh, K-pop, uh, that popular band, is going to be at Circle in the Square. 
I, I think that's going to uh, do pretty well. A beautiful noise, Neil Diamond's musical at the Broadhurst Theater. Um, looking forward to that. And some like it hot at the Schubert Theater, the great movie, you know, with Marilyn Monroe and Tony Curtis and uh, Jack Lemmon. Yeah, is this the first time some like it hot has made it to the stage? I, I believe it is. Uh, I'm not 100% certain, but I believe it is. You know, you figure with the, the popularity, the everlasting popularity of Marilyn Monroe, uh, there would have been uh, uh, some more appearances on Broadway. Has Monroe been portrayed on, on Broadway before? No, they just they just did a, uh, a documentary on Netflix about Marilyn Monroe. So my guess is at some point with all the artists that have been portrayed on Broadway that um, they will uh, do something on Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, you know, but I'm not. I'm not certain if they ever did anything with Mar about Marilyn Monroe on Broadway. I'm really not. Yeah, you know, we're making we're making the assumption, or I'm making the assumption, that uh, that they're going to treat some like it hot, uh, exactly like the movie. We would think it was because it's uh, so iconic, and Marilyn Monroe and Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, uh, and uh, was it Jane Russell? Well, no, she was Gentleman's Preferred Blondes. I Blondes, think. yeah. But there's, uh, you know, there's another. There were some other big big names in there, but we assume uh, just because of the popularity of the of the movie that uh, that they're portraying Marilyn Monroe, they're actually portraying a, a character. But I assume they're going that direction. Uh, that aside, uh, tell us uh, tell us a little something about your background, and if you don't mind, give us a little history lesson. Uh, start from the beginning. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Uh, I was raised in uh, Upper Saddle River, New Jersey. Um, I, I went to, uh, you know, as a, as a young, uh, child, uh, our parents used to take us to Broadway and I really enjoyed it. Um, my drama teacher in grade school actually called my mom into school, wanted me to go and go out on the road and do regional theater and things like that. Um, which I didn't, um, I, uh, really got back into the theater when I went to see death trap in 1980, when I was attending Manhattan college and, um, I used to save up, um, you know, I worked when I went to school, so I used to save up and, and get twofers. And, uh, I saw a lot of shows between my sophomore and junior year. And then the features editor at Manhattan college asked me to write on theater, uh, my senior year in college. And then I went on to write, um, uh, for weeklies. And I did that in the nineties. I got into producing shows. Um, at that time I was on the board of the Metropolitan Playhouse, which still exists, uh, today. Um, and, uh, I got back into writing, um, I guess around 2011, 12 around then. Yeah. Uh, let me, you know, let me remind folks that are just tuning in or maybe just turning on their radios a little late. Frank McKay here with Robert Massimi, and he is, uh, he is a drama critic uh, extraordinaire, and uh, he is, uh, he's done so much work, and his list of credits are enormous. Robert, let me go back to uh, something that you, you said earlier. You said uh, your, your teacher uh, in grade school uh, suggested that you go on tour and, and do a little tour, and you said uh, that you didn't. Uh, was that your choice or your parents' choice? No, my it was really my father's that put the kibosh on it. Um, but, uh, you know, Miss... No son of mine, or, or was it more like, oh, how, how are you going to concentrate on school if you do that? Well, what was the, uh, what was the attitude towards um, the kibosh? 
Well, my dad's philosophy, and he was right in those days, uh, actors were a dime a dozen. They were second-class citizens back then. You know, and then when I read Ronald Reagan's book, it really dawned on me what second-class citizens, actors, and athletes were back in the day in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, Things have changed, obviously, uh, you know, have changed. When did you see it change? Uh, you've, you're someone who's watched it closely. When did you see the change uh, for respect uh, develop for, uh, for actors, especially stage actors? Well, I think stage actors were always respected, but they were really uh, probably looked down upon. But, you know, people wanted to probably be around Sir Lawrence Olivier or Marlon Brando, but... Um, and I could go on and on about the great actors back in the day, but they always had fame, fortune, but they were, you know, I, they just weren't, um, respected in, you know, society. So I guess the eighties really started to see, uh, the jump of where people started almost worshiping a lot of these people. Yeah. And no, it really became, uh, it, it became a very, uh, you know, a, a very big deal after a while. I, you know, I've always seen actors and, you know, maybe it's just me and my respect for uh, the art and, you know, I'm not an actor, but I, uh, you know, I've always seen actors uh, as, uh, as, as being up there and especially stage actors. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when I speak to, you know, even big stars, I, there's a respect that, uh, that I have an extra respect I have for, for folks that have uh, honed their craft on stage uh, name a couple before you go name a couple of the people that you've watched um climb through the the new york theater scene and uh, and drama scene over the years that um i don't know maybe have it's been overlooked uh, at least their stage chops um anybody come to mind yeah uh, that's a great question and i really love talking about this in the 80s um you know i would go Broadway, obviously, off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway. And I used to see off-off-Broadway, what I used to call a lot of the hidden gems and off-Broadway. I, I saw uh, Cynthia Nixon at the Providence Town Theater in 83, and she struck me as a person who would really make it big in in uh, as an actor. Uh, I saw Laura Linney back in that era i saw sean penn with in slam boys with val kilmer and uh kevin bacon i saw uh, bruce willis in um sam shepherd's uh, uh fool for love i saw morgan freeman on uh, driving miss daisy um i saw ed harris off off Broadway on uh, Theater Row. Back then, you had a lot of well-written, and I used to call them hidden gems because they weren't expensive tickets. Uh, they were great actors and great writing. Today, off Off Broadway is more politically driven with climate change, LBGTQ, racism, and a lot of the uh, plays will come in and there'll be showcases, which is you know three to five weeks, and um, there there's just not. Oh, as great of theater as there was in the eighties and nineties off off Broadway. Don't get me wrong. You can still see some great shows. Uh, the Gene Frankel theater has put on a lot of shows, uh, that are just terrific. I just saw one, uh, last week, uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance, which it was excellent. But, um, 
you know, through the years, I've seen a lot of great actors, uh, upstarts that were really, really sensational. And I'm not so sure I, I see that as much anymore. Well, listen, we're going to need a part two, part three uh, to uh, to even scratch the surface with you. Robert Massimi, I want to thank you very much for being here. Congratulations thank you. on all of your, all of your success. Uh, let me uh, ask you before we go, uh, any social media sites or websites that, uh, that we could follow along with what you're doing and what you're writing? Well, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, and... Um the Nimbus magazine, um, I think they're just up updating their website. Uh, it's solar wind Nimbus magazine, waste magazine, and it's going to have a lot of my theater reviews. I also do concerts. I just saw America Saturday. I saw Boz Skaggs, uh, Thursday at the uh, Morristown Performing Arts, and it's going to have a lot of concert reviews. I'm bringing in a cabaret specialist to do cabaret, so it's it's going to, and then I want to go to London and get a drama critic over there and get into symphony and opera and all forms of the art. Well, Robert Massimi, uh, I want to thank you very much for being here. Metropolitan Magazine and uh, uh, New York, is it New York uh, Nightlife? Or, uh, New York uh, Lifestyles Magazine, yeah, and Nimbus. Nimbus. Uh, yeah. Robert Massimi, thanks for being here. Thanks, Frank, for having me. Frank Great McKay. talking to you. Frank McKay thank you. signing off. Uh, Robert Massimi has been our very special guest, theater critic uh, here in New York, and uh, absolutely thrilled to have you speaking to him again. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Robin Lively is our very special guest and uh, she's terrific. Everything she's in, I could I could watch over and over again. Uh, <laughs> wonderful talent, wonderful actress and, and her latest uh, is, uh, is something everyone uh, has to check out and uh, it sounds well, we're going we're gonna to get a rundown uh, for, for her but it's, uh, it's out. You can see it. And uh, and and so many people, I think, are going to be touched by this. It's uh, and and get it, you know, get it right away. Um, she's uh, she's been seen in the Karate Kid three and Teen Witch, of course. Um, way back, do- Doogie, uh, Doogie Hauser, Twin Peaks, Mana, mm-hmm. uh, Saving Grace. Uh, something I loved her in. Uh, I'm trying to trying to remember, and it wasn't that long ago. Uh, and uh, oh, oh, Gordon McGibbons, and I think mm. it's very underrated. Uh, Life mm. on Normal Street was was absolutely terrific, and uh, she's good at so many, uh, so many things. And Robin Lively, uh, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm doing fantastic, Frank. Thank you so much. Well, tell us about your latest. Uh, I, I, you know, you're, you're getting rave reviews on it. It's strong fathers, strong daughters, and it is, uh, it is out. It's upon us. Uh, give us a little overview. Well, um, okay. So this film is, um, it focuses on the father daughter relationship. And, um, I, by the way, I don't know if you realize this or not, but I'm playing opposite my real life husband, Bart Johnson. Oh, I didn't know um, that. You did it. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. It's, it was such a, it's so great because like we've worked together, but we've never had the opportunity to play a couple. And, um, it was so great. It was so wonderful. And we have three kids of our own, um, one daughter, 
but it was really cool because it was almost like life imitating art. Um, but I think this is a really great message. Um, it's a, such a sweet movie and a, and fun and lots of laughs, but also focusing on the importance of the relationship between the father and the daughter and, and how crucial and vital the role of a father is to his daughter. Robin, I'm sure everyone is asking you the same thing, but uh, the experience of working with your real, uh, real life husband and something is there adjustment to be had, or you know when you're gonna you could finish each other's lines? Is there chemistry there, or is uh, is is there some kind of like a learning curve to work with each other? Uh, you know, in 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 the pretend way or in the acting way. You know, it wasn't. It, it was totally seamless. Like we we laugh we're like, oh well, we've been we've been prepping for these roles for twenty three years now. Wow. So um, it was really cool because like when you go onto a set and you meet someone for the first time, you ha- you're meant to have all of this chemistry and history with one another, and you're you're total strangers. But with us, it's like we, it's built in. You know, we have it all. So and honestly, like I think it really well hopefully right like i feel like it really resonates on screen and and we were able to draw upon so many of our real life experiences and bring it to these roles and um yeah i just i i i think it's really special and um i loved working with him absolutely loved it did you expect it to be seamless or were you uh were you wondering were you uh were you concerned uh was he concerned uh how much different was the the reality than what the expectations of working together was? Um, there was zero concern. Um, I don't think either of us went in, went into it having a, a shred of concern or doubt. You know, we we put each other on tape all the time. You know, now since COVID, everything is self taped, so we always are directing each other and giving each other notes. And um, we were really excited for the opportunity, and I think it came out even honestly better than what we had expected. Um, and um, yeah, I feel like I was going to tell you one other thing, and I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, no, we get it. And if you think about it, uh, bring it up. But strong fathers, strong daughters, uh, it, you know that uh, that's a it's a powerful message right there. Uh, is it yeah. uh, is it what it sounds like? Uh, should we be uh, uh, drawn to this? And uh, and I, I you know obviously uh, it, you know we're going to watch it because you're in it and it's getting rave reviews. You're getting all kinds of nice accolades and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it? Is it basically the way uh, it sounds? Because it's a it's a powerful message coming. Strong fathers, strong daughters. I think you know who could argue with that. Yeah, I well, for me, the takeaway is like strong father. For me, a strong father is one that's um, there for his kids. One that that does the right thing in the face of adversity or in the face of like, you know, as parents, you, 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 well, I can only speak for myself, but I think as a whole, we want to be our kids' friends, right? Like we, we don't ever want to upset them. We don't want them to be mad at us, but how important it is to do the right thing by them, even if it makes them your enemy for a moment in the long run, it's the right thing. And, and I, I love that message in this film. And I also love, you know, like, I think a lot of fathers don't really understand their value, how critical their, their role is to their daughters. Um, and this highlights that relationship and the importance of being there for your kids and being there for your daughters and being vulnerable and listening and, and all of that. For me, that's what a strong father is. 
you know, uh, my wife and I have been married a long time, too. We're, uh, we're a little past you, uh, you guys, and we have four kids. And to me... Uh, being a strong father is, is much different than what you would think of it in the past. Strong father, you, you almost think mean, tough, you know, that kind of thing. Totally, strong, right. Yeah, strong father to me is you're there no matter what. Uh, no, yes. Unconditional love, and we're going to yes. be by you, and, uh, and you know, that's what your daughters and your sons. We have three three boys and, and a daughter, and she's the youngest. And uh, no matter what mm. these four people do in this world, and again, we're very proud of them now, you know, uh, and, and I'm sure we're always going to be proud of them. But uh, these are these are five people, the, the kids and my wife, that I will never, ever be estranged from, I guarantee you. Um, but it's uh, it, listen. It's it's a strong sounding message. Uh, give us something else to to uh, to look forward to in seeing uh, this work. And uh, and before you go, make sure we get all your social media sites and your websites and everything else. But give us give us something in closing about about strong fathers, strong daughters. Well, it's a it's a film for for everyone. It's very mainstream. It's something that you can watch together as a family. It's got a really sweet and important message, and there's a lot of humor in it as well. I, we watched it, and I was laughing so much, and I I thought, you know, I'm so proud of this. I'm really really proud of this this film, and I'm I'm excited to be a part of it and to to have that message out there because for us, there's there's no greater role in our lives than being a father and being a mother and um, raising this next generation of, of kids. And um, it's there's no greater role. And we value so much being parents. And to be a part of this and send out that message is so great and so important to us. So I hope that everyone gets to watch it. Robin Lively, congratulations on putting together really a wonderful career, uh, going stronger than ever, uh, but definitely more than that, uh, putting together a, a, a family, you and your husband working together for the first time. Congrats on all yeah, of that. Thank, thank you very much for being here. Thank you so much. It was my absolute pleasure. Robin Lively, everyone, has been our very <laughs> special guest. And thank you. you've seen her in so many things. She's wonderful. And uh, check her out in Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. And very interesting, working with her husband for the first time. And again, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, would would someone tell me that they were anticipating trouble uh, working together? I don't know. She said they uh, they thought it would be seamless, and it was seamless. Uh, you know, hey, you know, uh, it will take her out of her word. They expected it to be smooth, and it ended up. Uh, being that way and you know listen congrats to them they've um, they've done something that uh, a lot of people have done a lot of couples have worked together and uh, they've worked it sounds like they've worked on the same films together if if I heard her correctly um, but never as couples never as a husband and wife and you know art imitating life in that particular case but you know look it's a uh, you know, powerful message, strong fathers, strong daughters. I, I don't know. I don't know the film at all. But, you know, if if strong father means, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to, uh, uh, you know, we're going to be from the 50s and we're going to tell you what to do. And, you know, then it's uh, and it's dated. And it shouldn't it shouldn't be that message. Uh, I think that we've learned 
as a people, as a as a species, as uh, as a society, that uh, many of the things that were taught in the, in the fifties and sixties just it just didn't work. A lot of the things that our parents did, first of all, beating us, first of all. Uh, uh, it doesn't work, you know. I've never, t- I've never touched my kids, ever. You know, I, I've yelled, that's for sure. You know, I've, I've, uh, uh, you know, uh, been tough on them, and but never, you know, never physically uh, touching kids. And, and you know, I can't say the same about my dad. <laughs> He's my late father. You know, he was, uh, he was you know rough on that and he got it uh, you know much worse than I got it my brother got it but uh, anyway listen you know uh, strong fathers strong daughters it's uh, it's a good message as long as it doesn't mean some some maniac uh, waiting there with a belt to uh, to to teach you these lessons that were antiquated back when they were talking about it and uh, and and they're going to beat it into you they're going to beat you senseless you know enough of that nonsense you know and look if you have kids and you uh, you're you're looking at them as a very uh, delicate uh, item your your job is to get them to have confidence throughout life so they can continue on treat your kids the way you'd like them to treat your grandchildren and 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 absolutely on that so strong fathers strong daughters is the film i you know i don't know anything about it other than what robin just told us about it now but her and her husband star in it as husband and wife and kudos to them frank mckay signing off robin lively has been our very special guest we'll see you all next time on breaking it down This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. America, we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.